895 of the Crankcast. I've missed you. I've missed you. Have you? Yeah, my aim's not so good. Yeah, I was going to say, I doubt that you miss me. Of course I miss you. Considering the, I mean, I'm assuming that you're going through similar hell as I am. Yeah, I'm tired, man. (laughs) Dude! I drew 50 pages in a month. I know. Congratulations, by the way. I'm not done. I'm working on it right now. Oh, well. Preemptive congratulations. Don't bother me. I'm working. Well, whatever. Leave me alone. How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, I made my best turkey yet. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Did you deep fry it? I did not deep fry. I don't deep fry. Uh, my uncle Ted does deep frying, and he does it well. But he has a garage that he can do it in, and not burn down his house. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, burning down the house is desirable, or not burning down the house is desirable. Really. Yeah, you hear about that so many times with that. The only thing I know is you're not supposed to drop a frozen turkey in the fryer because it explodes. Oh, I didn't know. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe people are that dumb. I think I remember reading something about that. Like if you drop a frozen one in it just goes boom mm-hmm. so I don't know <sighs> so that was yours that was Mama Crank she's doing well good she got past the COVID stuff and good like, my dad made it through with barely some aches and pains good I um had dinner with him my mom makes good Thanksgiving dinner I'll bet I keep telling her she doesn't have to go to all that trouble but she Seems to like making the turkey. I mean, she probably does. I mean, I didn't need to. It was just two of us. We had so much turkey. Uh, Floyd was in fucking heaven. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we. I just wanted to do it because it's the only tradition I have, you know, is making that. My dad taught me how to make a turkey. So that was it. And it was the best one. It wasn't like that one that I made when you came over and it just fell apart. <laughs> that wasn't a bad turkey. It was just, it was too moist. Well, falling apart. I mean, I'd rather have a too moist turkey than a really dry one. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I've never made a super dry one. That, at least I have that going for me. Maybe you didn't let it rest long enough that year before you started cutting it. What it was is they did that thing where Butterball gives you that, it was like a kit and they gave you this bag. And the bag is great. If you have a problem with dry turkey, but if you know how to cook, you don't have that problem. And so, um, yeah, that was uh, what happened. Yeah, my mom, like, before she sticks it in the oven, she butters the shit out of the outside. Yeah, that's the thing. You're supposed to you butter the outside to, to within an inch of its life, and that's the key. And then she, you know, bastes it. Every so often and stuff. Yeah, I didn't even baste it. I put so much on there that it was kind of like in a pool of buttery goodness. That's where the good gravy comes from. Mm, I don't make gravy. Ah, uh, well, you know, we had. That's uh, not a gravy person either, am I? But she is a stuffing person, and she makes two different kinds of stuffing because I don't. I'm a normal person that doesn't like raisins and stuffing. Who the fuck does that? <laughs> I'm. I could see it, but no, you can't see it. 
I mean, I wouldn't do it. I, uh, to be completely honest, though, I'm a stovetop stuffing guy. I love, I love the stovetop. Like, that's... I, my mom... My mom and my dad both like the homemade stuff, so she makes like a bunch of the homemade stuff. But they're they they're the ones to eat that. I, yeah. I've got a box of stovetop I eat. So. Yeah, I love the stovetop, <laughs> and that's basically what she makes me. It's basically chicken broth and breadcrumbs, you know, that kind of crap. Yeah, yeah. So, and like uh, we always eat canned asparagus because I don't like fresh asparagus. That's weird. It's really? uh, the texture is different. And I, I, like, I, you know what? I, I like asparagus. I don't know when I tried it. I had, I tried it at somebody's house once, and they grilled it. Oh yeah, it's good that way. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I like asparagus. So I, I often will grill asparagus during the summer. Yeah, if, I mean, if I'm going to eat fresh asparagus, I grilled's really the way to eat it. Yeah. I um, I, but I, I grew up eating canned, so that's like. The texture I'm used to, you know, that mm-hmm. mushy texture, and uh, and I, I like asparagus a lot, but God, it does awful things to my pee. Well, it does that to everybody. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it Actually, does. Nope. There's um only a percentage of the population. Well, it might do that to everybody's pee, but there's only a percentage of the population that can actually smell it. I mean, I can. It's um like it's some receptor in the nose or something, but not everybody has it. You're not that special, dude. I'm not saying I am, dude. You kind of are. You kind of just said that you are. I'm special because I'm special because I have that receptor and blue eyes. Nobody cares about your blue eyes. And I still don't. I mean, I've read the technical explanation for it, but I still don't understand how it can make my pee smell like burnt rubber. You know, (laughs) like that's just crazy. Well, I think that's just because. It's you. Oh, it could be. I still think that's crazy, though. I, uh... Yeah, my mom, she, you know, does the whole mashed potatoes from actual potatoes and stuff. So it's, it's a full-on meal. It's It was good. You're a full-on meal. And I got to save the, uh... Neither of my parents like the dark meat. Yeah, I don't either. So I got to save that to make a stew later. <laughs> You you got yourself a stew right here. Yep, it's gonna be stew, man. Or it could be a casserole. I haven't decided yet, but you know, it's gonna be one of those things. I like having it when, like, the turkey we got this year was just big enough to that it made our meal plus like a leftover meal. Plus, I got the dark meat for the stew later, and like we didn't have a whole ton of leftover. Because mm, y'all are pigs. No, nah, I wasn't a huge turkey or anything. But yeah, it was good. I, I had a good Thanksgiving. Good. I played it smart this year and didn't like completely gorge myself. Yeah, I don't. I can't do that really anymore because I don't. Uh, my my um, the the drug that I'm on kind of curbs my appetite a little bit. Mm. I always do that thing, or usually do that thing where I, you know I know better and I go back for that last plate that I shouldn't have, <laughs> and then I spend the next like hour. Just holding my stomach, going, "Why'd I do that?" That used to be me and pizza, baby. Oh yeah. Thank God I don't do that anymore. I'm, yeah, that's just weird, man. Like I think back on my eating habits, and like I, I, I used to eat a large pizza to myself, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like a big deal. Yep. It's just what I did. Yep. Yep. 
or like you know I'd sit down and eat like an entire bag of Doritos in a setting or something like yeah yeah and I'm like why <laughs> like why yeah. why do I even do that yeah. it don't make no sense so what are you thankful for this year I'm thankful for you Aw. I am thankful for you buddy I got very few things that I really care about in my old age. And my friends who I consider friends are, you know, I think a big deal to me. Because I'm not the easiest person to be a friend with. I'm not very communicative and I don't keep in touch. And and the people that can deal with that and get over that and like me in spite of that are very special so I, I uh, it, it means a lot to me well I appreciate that and it's easy enough because I'm not all that dissimilar <laughs> no you're not we're very similar I think that's why we get along but I, uh, I I do have a problem keeping in touch with people you know yeah I'm going to Philadelphia this weekend and I'm going to hang out with my oldest friend Ron and he's one of those people I always feel bad about because I don't keep in touch with him and he's only six months older than me he's going to be 50 at the end of the month wow yep so it's a special uh get together i'm not going to visit him i'm going for mystery science theater but i thought i could put two birds with one stone you know right right i am um, what's the uh What's the MST3K thing? It's uh, it's a uh, it's a wrap thing for the season, so oh, I want cool. to come out to that. I uh, so not like it's totally life shaking or anything, but like my friend Brian turned fifty last year. I didn't know he was that old. Yeah, he's a I few years he was like younger than you. No, um, he looks young, you know, hmm. for his age, but um, and. It, like I said, it's not like life shaking or anything, but you know, I've known him since I was like six or seven. Yeah, it's gonna be a big deal. I'm kind of, yeah. I like I made a bigger deal out of him turning fifty than he did. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Just because I'm like, wow, that's so weird, man. We were little kids together and shit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, this book that I'm working on aged I mean, fifty more years. It did, yeah. but it's. I mean. It's not an autobiographical, but it is based on people I knew and friends. And there's a part where I draw them where they're my age, and that really got to me. Because I was like, I have to make these guys look like I do now. And it wasn't fun, you know, because I was like, ugh, I'm that old. This is kind of depressing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, speaking of that, I just saw an article that uh, I think it's Disney. Disney developed their, I guess, their own in-house software for aging and de-aging people in movies. That would make sense. And it looks like pretty weird and incredible. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're I the ones that have the IP that don't go out of. Style, you know, they got to keep these people alive. All right, I mean, you know, hell, Robert Downey said he's not going to be an Iron Man anymore. You know, well, he can't be. I mean, so it's like, but, but you know, I, I and I've joked about this for years, though. But this, this is just that next step to us finally getting. Did you, did you not see Endgame? Um, I don't think so. 
<laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> Robert Downey said he's not going to be Iron Man anymore. I was like, you didn't watch Endgame, did you? Oh, did they kill Iron Kill him? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Spoilers. <laughs> For, I mean, I don't care, but spoilers. <laughs> no, I, I didn't know that. Sorry. Uh, okay, I, I just thought he decided he wasn't going to do it anymore. Mm. Like, I mean, I knew, I knew in, uh, that Daniel Craig killed himself off when he decided he didn't want to do it anymore. No, that's the... I found out about that from people. I, I haven't seen that movie. Oh, sorry. Well, I guess I just it's traded all right. You. I wanted to, but... I traded you a spoiler first. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been joking about this for years, but we're at that point now... I used to say, you know, we're, we keep getting closer and closer to finally getting a new Bruce Lee movie. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And now I think we actually can. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't like it. Same way, it's sort of like, you know, AI art, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's had a real explosion in the past year. Actually, in the past, like, six months. That's had, like, a giant leap. I've been looking at this stuff. Like, there's a... Oh, let me find these things. What do you think about it? I... I I mean, I, I think it's amazing. It is amazing. I'm worried about the abuse of it. Yeah, the implications are scary. I mean, they disturb me. They just, uh, there was a, a protest group or um, whatever, they just released a deep fake the other day of, uh, what's his name from, you know, Zuckerberg from Facebook. Mm-hmm. And they, they announced it was a deep fake at the end of it. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing was basically him just, you know, uh, lauding politicians for not doing anything about them stopping him from doing what he wants to do. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it was this real like stark kind of like tongue in cheek thing. Mm-hmm. But not really. Yeah. And then, you know, they, they showed it at the end that okay, so this is a deep fake. They showed the actor like t- with the you know, taking off the super imposition or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But still like while I'm watching it I'm like, oh wow, th- there's very little to tell that this isn't and if I wasn't if I didn't know it was a deep fake to begin with, or I would have guessed it from the subject matter. Yeah, because he's not going to come out and say that, you know. Yeah, sure. But yeah, it's um, it's just like okay, check this out. I'm going to send you this link. Was, there's a, a website I go to called Petapixel. Um, and it's just it's all about photography stuff and that. Mm-hmm. But there was an article I just read today where this artist just uh, using one of those AI generated things. I think it's um, what's it called? Uh, Mid Journey. Yeah, Mid Journey is the one that they talk about here. Yeah, and it's um, basically he just generated pictures of Victorian England people. Yeah, based on text scans. And and if you look at these, I mean, there's subtle things that you're like, well, that's not right. But I mean, it looks amazing. No, uh, Sean's been doing it all day. He's been making like these weird fake sci-fi movie-looking things. I think it's. Oh, good. That's amazing. Uh, and it's fun in that in that aspect. I think it's great. It's great fun, and it could even be inspirational. You know, the same way that you know, uh, like Toontrack's drum maker is, and stuff like that. Right. But people are going to pass this off as their artwork. Oh yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, okay, there we're getting in situations where I don't know exactly. I mean. <sighs> Is it your artwork if all you did was punch in some words to generate it? I mean, it was your thought, mm-hmm. right? And your thought generated this thing, or at least caused this thing to be generated. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
Is that your artwork or the algorithm's artwork? It is the algorithm. In fact... Or not, not it, algorithm, but the, the AI program. You know. It's other people's artwork because that's what it's mining to make that. Right. I mean, I guess technically it's bits of everything it ever It could at. be my artwork, you know? And Yeah, I mean, well, I, that, that's sort of getting into we're all you know genetically related if you go back far enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I should just... if. Because this has been going around that there have been there have been artists set up at conventions selling this stuff, and I'm I'm like maybe I should be able to go up to them and demand my cut. <laughs> I don't think so. And again, in the same way that even though you know Ancestry.com says I might have an 0.01 percent you know American Indian DNA, I can't claim I'm an American Indian. You know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, they can't, they can't claim they drew that either. No, well, and that's the thing. I mean, technically, I guess it's theirs, and they can resell it if the license for the software permits that. You know, mm-hmm. um, they did cause it to be generated, so it's not much different than somebody commissioning an artist to do something and then reselling it. Mm-hmm. Like if I commissioned you to draw an album cover, and I, and I kept, you know, and I used that art also for a poster, but I paid you for that option or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, yeah, but I don't think they should be able to claim that as their art, like they that they created this art. Yeah, they whether they sell it or not, that I don't care. You know, I mean, if it's cool and I like it and I got the money, maybe I'll buy it. I don't know, mm-hmm. but just don't tell me that you created this because you didn't program yeah. it, and not yeah, the, not the, even the, in a vague way that we say that you know me using Photoshop means the the program created it. Not like yeah. that. I mean, this is. Fully, the AI did all the work. Yeah. And here's something else. This is the thing that I... This is the area where I am like, huh, it's not so easy, is that I looked at some of these pictures that Sean was making, I was like, you know what? I could see making that and then using that as a background and just tracing over that. Right. The same way you would with, uh, with like SketchUp or something. Sure, and it'd be great to use to like create a mood board or something. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, or you know what? I mean, if you were a writer and you didn't have the money to hire a cover artist and you're just self-publishing or something. Yeah, but you know, you get dangerous that way. And I was talking to Jim about that. The temptation to just do it that way is going to be too great for too many of these people. Well, I'm surprised nobody's done a comic yet this way. Uh, somebody out there has. Because I mean, you know, somebody at least. Whether it's any good or not, you know, should yeah. at least be able to claim the black bragging rights for it, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I was the first. It was like that. Um, and I mean, I guess you know that's not much different than say, uh, Fumetti comics, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of things that I I don't think are wrong with this. Mm-hmm. It's got applications and it's fine. I just don't think anybody should be able to claim that they creatively did this. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay, to, to put it in an example, like say, um, say you're at a, a comedy place or whatever, and it's it's like an ensemble comedy, mm-hmm. and you know that thing where they ask the audience for prompts to do a scene. Improv. Improv. Um, so you know, once they do that, did the audience create that skit? Right. You know, I mean, the audience can't claim credit for making that skit because they improv. Stuff. That's exact. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's a springboard, just like the tune track music thing. 
Although, you know, the the license on Toontrack, you can use that in an album if you want to. Oh, sure. I mean, there's all, you know, there's a dick of drummer. There's all kinds of things yeah, that already yeah, have patterns but, built in. And there, yeah. Sample stuff has, like, have, you know, long existed. Where you can but it also, I mean, I have it because it's, it just inspires for making things, you know. You listen to it, and you're like, oh, this could go like this on it. And, that kind of and you're not a drummer, and you don't have a drum kit. Exactly, yes. So, you know. I mean, it's. I don't see that stuff much different. Actually, I guess it is a little different than using a drum machine because you generally have to program. Well, at least you used to have to program a drum machine. Yeah, and well, the way I've seen like tutorials online, a lot of people use the TuneTrack stuff as a drum machine. They're, yeah. mm-hmm. they're programming their beats. They're not just using the stock. Right. But the stock stuff's great for sketches. The stock stuff? I mean, I don't program. I don't like that stuff. So I just, yeah, right out of the box. And it's it's way better than it was, like, when I when I messed with it 15 years ago or whatever, you know? Oh, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it actually can sound pretty natural now. Like, just yeah, using, I mean, the, stock, just using I mean, the stock beats, like the built-in beats. Yeah, it does sound natural. It doesn't sound... Um, yeah, it's crazy. But, yeah, it's just... I, I, I am, con- you know, I, I think it needs oversight. Because I am concerned, like I said, about the just the implications of the deep fakes and stuff. And I don't know, I'm not so much worried about it putting artists out of business. I, I think artists are just going to have to adapt, like they always do. I mean, that, that's like worrying about the camera, because like a painter worrying about the camera when it was invented, which they did, you know. But yeah, I mean, does Kodak make money anymore? Well, but camera makers do. I mean, you got Panasonic, you got Canon, you got, uh, yeah. well, Olympus isn't Olympus anymore, there's something else. Yeah, I guess that's true, yeah. But you know what I'm saying, like, I mean, but it, that didn't put painters out of business, the invention of the camera. It might put some of them out of business, but painting, people still paint. Yeah. People still draw, people still, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, there was another thing I saw that was, this one was for uh, uh, film stuff. And it was, it's called EB Synth. Mm. Now, what this is, is it uses an AI to animate video footage. Um, you, ta- you take the first frame of your clip and you draw over that, like, or paint over it or whatever. You do a style. Mm-hmm. It interpolates from that and then does the rest of the clip in the style from that first frame. Oh. And that's, I mean, it's not perfect or anything. <laughs> You know, yeah. like, the, even the clips on their website that they show is their demonstration clips. Um, I mean, there's obviously weird shit going on in there, but I can still see using that as an effect, even, like, the weird shit that's going on. It's interesting, putting on my grumpy old man pants, which, for me, are just my pants, but, <laughs> but putting on my grumpy old man pants, there could be an argument that... All of this stuff, all of this AI democratization is kind of doing away with skilled craftsmen. Uh, it is at a certain level. <clears throat> um, but, I mean, when you're paying a lot of money for art or something anyway, mm-hmm. and I'm not even talking about fine art, because I'm, I'm, fine art's a whole different deal. That's as much story as it is talent or anything. But, like, when you're paying a lot for you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of a good example, but say, okay, whatever. When you're paying good money for somebody to do art for you, you're mm-hmm. not even necessarily just paying for the 
skill set, you're paying for the creativity involved too. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, yeah, that's the problem. Is so many people don't think of it like that. Well, right. I mean, uh, and, uh, that's who this stuff's really gonna like actually benefit, or the people who don't really care. They just want a piece of art, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and they want something that doesn't look like stick stick figures, unless they actually wanted stick figures. Um. So, I mean, I don't. I mean, yes, it is going to impact the market for art. There's no no way around it. It's gonna. Mm-hmm. Um. But at the same time, you know, it's not going to kill it. You're just going to have to adapt to it, you know? Because, I mean, the same people that are willing to just, well, I don't know, because this is better than some stuff used to be. Mm-hmm. But what I was going to say is the same people that are willing to, you know, just go this route rather than hire an artist are the same people that would try to chisel your price down. Yeah. You know, <laughs> anyway, they're the people you don't want to deal with for the most part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this just gives them an outlet to go, well, just go generate it or something, you know? Well, you know, uh, on my social media, I've seen that several ads for, like, insurance companies where I swear to God the illustration is done by AI. Oh, I'm sure a lot of a lot of ad agencies are probably using it. Yeah. Um, again, it's... I mean, that directly affects somebody like me. That I mean, I work primarily in comics, but that is how illustrators make money. Like I said, it's going to affect the market, but it's sort of like, I don't know, man. It's the same argument, you know, digital comics versus print and how that's going to affect the comic shop kind of thing. Uh-huh. Or, you know, you want to take it back a long time. You know, how how is the invention of the refrigerator going to affect the ice block carriers? Stuff like that, you know, which, I mean, actually, it killed off ice block carrying. But so that's, that's a bad example because it it's not going to kill off being able to make a living in art. It's just going to... I guess another example is, uh, you know, I mean, they've got, even before the AI got good, they still had things that were like auto-code generators for coders. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing a lot of talk, like in the early years of those happening. Well, hell, I mean, even, I remember seeing coders talk about, like, Dreamweaver made it too easy, like, so you could do a basic website yourself without having to hire right. a coder. Yeah. Which is kind of bullshit. I mean, <laughs> Dreamweaver not, wasn't that easy to use. No, but it was like, I mean, there wasn't, before programs like that, you had to hire somebody that knew how to code, you know? Yeah. Period. I mean, that was the only way you were going to get it. Like, yeah. Yeah, so, I, hate I mean, there, <laughs> so, I mean, there are always, technology will always disrupt businesses in art, you know, in anything, like the business of art. But, I don't know, like... Uh, going back to fine art, which I, I was being really dismissive about, but the point about fine art is what I was making was that it, that is as much story as it is talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's really going to affect fine art all that much because what story is there behind an AI generated image? Mm-hmm. You know, there's no message really in there. It was uh, you're prompting a program to spit out something for you. Yeah. Now. Like that article I sent you about the guy that did the Victorian pictures, uh-huh. there is apparently there is a certain talent to getting the results you want. Yeah. Um, so that that might be a thing. It's like like when I was briefly a data miner back in the late nineties. Mm-hmm. I I was just basically really good at using search terms, like better than other people in the company I was in. <laughs> you know. Um, 
and that's how I got the positions because I could return results because I knew what words to plug in and in what order kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it's not like there's. I feel like I'm also drifting into an argument about like. Remember when mashup was big for music? Uh, yeah, I guess I, mean, I don't know if there was a hype of it, but well, I, mean, I still listen to them. It was pretty big, like mid two thousands. I'm thinking it was probably it's like Nadir. Or yeah, Zena. when it just got started, I guess. Yeah, like around in between '05 and '07, say. Yeah, I guess when you had like that uh, that Beatles and whatever it was mashup, the the Mouse guy. Metallica. Well, Metallica was something else, but like, so I remember like seeing arguments about mashup though was, was which were basically saying you're just putting two other people's stuff together. Is that is there talent in that? <laughs> you know, like is, is that an original work? Is that what is that? You know, I mean, there were questions like that going on, mm-hmm. and I, I guess this is a little like that. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, here I'm going to send you that thing that I was talking about with the the painting thing. Just look at the demos on this on like the first page you come to there. Because it's, they're using stuff like you'll recognize, Stranger Things and stuff like that, mm. or at least one of them, Stranger Things. But like, and one's like a picture of a cat, leopard thing. I don't know what it is. But so yeah, this is that program I was talking about where like you paint the first frame and it does the rest of the video clip frame by frame mm-hmm. in that style. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So you see what I'm saying? Like, it's not perfect. There's weird glitchy shit going on. Yeah. But I could still see using this as an effect for something. You know? Yeah. I mean, it looks like Waking Life, that yeah. movie. Or, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, to get all that from just a little bit of technology, wow, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, that, that looks like something that's going to be dangerous in six months. Something that I think's probably on that lines that's dangerous right now is a, another one called it's called beatoven.ai and it's um, it's an AI powered music generation thing you know focused on on generating music for movies and stuff yeah I was talking about that with Marty because you know everybody's you know wary about it when it's in their wheelhouse and he yeah he was he was like yeah what happens when you can just make a song without He's like, well, they kind of can already. I mean, <laughs> the first line I, I could see falling there would just be jingle writers. Yeah. You wouldn't actually need jingle writers anymore. Yeah. But, I mean, when you're talking about, like, pop music and stuff, that's already generated. It's just, you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's generated by AI, but it, it's definitely formulaic and generated music. Like, uh, Yeah, I'm not going to begrudge anybody who makes a living doing it. You know? No, just, but I'm just saying, like, I don't... From a from a business standpoint, it's scary. Like, oh well, you know, it is going to be harder to make money. It's already hard to make money in music anyway. True. And this is just uh, for the, especially for any lower mid lower tier musicians. This is like a nail in the coffin for actually being able to make a living at it. Uh, I mean, but it's the same as you know, like I said, with the AI generation stuff. Well, at what point do we just kind of just? Uh, well, what are you going to do about it? I mean that, right? But it, but what I'm saying is, at what point do we just realize that the jokes were right and we are going to be assimilated? <laughs> well, it's funny because I was thinking about this today. I, I 
not that long ago, I read a whole collection of J.G. Ballard stories. Mm-hmm. And back in the 60s, I, there was a story he wrote back in the 60s or early 70s that was um, the same thing, basically. He's talking about like how all the poets and writers and everything, like they don't actually write anything. They get it all generated by machine. Mm-hmm. And then they they just push that out and publish it. And finally, and, you know, during the course of the story, one person comes to the realization that he needs to be able to write it himself. And nobody kind of remembered how anymore. <laughs> and it was, it's, but it's just fear, weird because it was very prescient. Because I mean, stuff like this, you know, was barely an idea back then. Like, and he took it and ran with it and, and predicted the future, kind of thing. We need more condor men. <laughs> you know, I, where he couldn't draw it unless he experienced it himself. Yeah, yeah. Condor men. The whole plot of Condor Man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. So this stuff—it's we're living in the Wild West again. I mean, mm. it, it feels a lot to me. Like, um, does that mean I can kill with impunity? Uh, mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. All right. I mean, it seems like people are getting away with it pretty easy. Yeah, that's a good point. Who's going to go first? Um, but it. it Kind of the feel of it to me, it's a little bit like the, you know, going into the late 90s, early 2000s with online stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it, this is definitely a shift in the world. Online, I don't think online's gotten any less shaky. Well, I'm not talking about being shaky. I'm just talking about, like, there there was this thing where, okay, so, like, mid-90s, there was just basically a bunch of chat rooms I went to and stuff. You know, there wasn't really a lot of stuff on the mm-hmm. internet, you know? Um, getting into the late nineties, you know, there were some more websites. You started being able to see things, but then going into like you know, say ninety ninety eight to two thousand one, there was this explosion of really creative web work. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that, you're talking about the stuff I used to make. You know, okay, thanks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, when I was working in web, yeah. just you know, it really like explorations of the limits of what you could actually accomplish with this stuff, and and how being creative with it, not just serving up a business page or something. And then, of course, like co- commerce took over everything, and then everything became standardized and pretty dull, <laughs> really, really quickly, actually. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, we're we're on the cusp of a new thing, and it's neat. Mm-hmm. Actually, I guess we're past the cusp, but still, we're we're here in the beginning, and it's neat. So, you yeah. know, if we if we make it another fifty years, you know, we can tell the youngsters about how we remembered when there was no AI ruling us. Uh, nobody's going to listen to us. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> whenever whenever it's like, well, when I in my day, it's like, nobody cares. Nobody's going to, you're, you're never going to get to say back in my day because nobody's fucking listening to you. <laughs> I do. I, yeah, I just, I wonder about like. <laughs> you're just going to be sitting in a room. Yeah, I. Staring I, at a wall. Probably, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I will be too, but I basically sit in a room all day and stare at a screen anyway. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like staring at the wall. But I don't know. I mixed. I, I guess I'm I, ultimately. I guess I'm saying I got mixed feelings about the whole thing. Like I, I could I see. Me it. too. It's, it's it's so it's so cool. I'm more excited than not. I think. I'm same here. I think that's where I fall on it too. I recognize there are hazards and dangers, and there's probably it's going to get abused. I I keep bringing up this example is that there's this guitar YouTuber uh, 
I forget what her name is, but I've been watching her since I started playing again because her whole channel was about how she learned to play guitar. Okay. And she does it on YouTube, you know, and so you get to see her progress. And uh, she did this thing where she was, like, making these, like, these paintings of herself, and you could tell how excited she was that she that she's not an artist. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's really cool. You know, she's making these, like, Lord of the Rings kind of, because the person's a nerd. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that, that's really cool. I would love to do that if I couldn't draw, you know? Right. So you can't, it's so exciting to see that. I mean, So, it, I mean, I can totally understand it. It's totally going to make for awkward explanations when you try to explain to somebody, like, why it's important that a human person generated this versus... Yeah. Like, that, it's the same way, like, when, when I tell non-comic people that I letter stuff, they sometimes think I'm a writer. Oh, sure. And I have to have this awkward, you know, like, conversation explaining stuff to them. Like, Well, that's the thing. They still ask writers if they're the people that put the words in the balloons. Right. So, vice versa. But, I mean, so I, I can foresee a lot of awkward conversations with non-art people who are like, well, I can just do this on a computer. Why is it important if a person did it? Mm-hmm. Or something, you know. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those many things today that you can't really figure out the answer to. Change is, Mike. Change is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rush was right. <laughs> Rush was always right. Rush is always right. They might not be around anymore, but they are always right. Yep. Russian Dio. <laughs> Look out. <laughs> he was he was so he, he was so prescient back then. Yeah. Look out. I mean he was just trying to keep you on your toes, you know? He wanted you to ride the tiger. <laughs> exactly. You can see his stripes but you know he's clean? Yeah, well, you know, it's very important to keep your tiger clean. <laughs> yeah, hiccup. Ah, keep your tiger clean. Mm-hmm. Tie your mother down. Tie your mother down. Um. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, what else is new? Oh, I wanted to ask you: Have you played a um a game called The Devil and Me? No. This looks really good. There are tons of games that I think look good, and I never play them. And then I forget what they are. This I one... The, uh, what's it called, games? The Dark Pictures the Anthology? Yeah. Yeah, this is the fourth one, I think. The what? The one you played. Oh, then I'd probably have it. I Because I, I downloaded all of their games. This is, uh, yeah, it's the fourth one. The first one was Man of Medan, and then Little Hope, and then House of Ashes. Oh, then I don't have all of them, then. I might not have that one. And this is supposed to be the... The end of what they're calling season one of this. I have Man of Medan and uh, House of Ashes, and I have Until Dawn, and I have The Quarry. Okay, those aren't listed here, so I don't know what they are. But are they from Supermassive? Yeah, they. I'm trying to get rid of my hiccups. Sorry. Massage your solar plexus while holding your breath. But uh, yeah, I, I I didn't know anything about this. I just saw it today. Um, 
was looking for something else. Oh, do you know Metallica has a new song out, and it's not terrible. Uh, that's what I keep hearing, but I haven't made myself listen to it. it I mean, it's not going to make me start listening to Metallica again, but I, I can at least go, oh, yeah, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. That's what I keep hearing. It kind of reminds me a little bit of something they would have written back during the first album. Um, really? Not not as raw or anything, but like the style of the, <laughs> style of the riffs and stuff. And if, he was a little more sing songy back then too, like like he is oh, now. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So I was just it was a pleasant surprise. But then right. while I was on YouTube, I saw a link to this Devil and Me, like somebody playing through it or doing like demo plays of it. So I watched a little bit of that, and I'm like, "Wow, this looks really good." <laughs> what are they mad about? Who? Metallica. Um, I'm not sure. This is called like Lux Eterne, like Eternal Lux- Light. Yeah. I guess. I'm not sure. I keep hearing, yeah. I, the things I keep hearing about it are, "Wow, this is pretty good," which is saying a lot when people say that about your band. It's like, "Wow, this is actually pretty good," and two. Huh, Lars has been practicing, which also says a lot when people think that you're such a bad drummer. Well, I mean, even when he was at the top of his game, people thought he was bad. He was just weird. He was a weird drummer. He he would play, switch up his timings, and it would sound like he was out of time, but he really wasn't. I didn't know people regarded him as a bad drummer. Yeah. A lot people, of people do. People hate his drumming. I, I guess maybe more do now. I don't know. But I, even when I was a kid, I remember people not liking his drumming. <coughs> I mean, not that everybody disliked it because there were people. That I loved mean, you couldn't—you wouldn't be able to tell me. I wouldn't know. But it's just funny because I can think of some of those like songs as people thinking of as like drum songs. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, you can't. I mean, like he does trash weird trash music is very drum intensive. He does weird, weird shit on Master of Puppets, like that, the whole album. Just the timing and and like just some of the drum phrasing he uses and stuff it's just it, it's odd nobody else was really doing it you know <coughs> um then when I got done listening to that song I, I they had a you know I was in the the uh, new, newest oldest view list of their videos cause I was on their channel and uh I decided to watch them playing Master Puppets from a show from this year mm-hmm. I couldn't even listen to the whole thing cause I'm like this doesn't even sound like they're it sounded like they were missing notes, and like yeah. it, I'm like, and this is the one that they they're showing people. I'm like, so I guess it's intentional. And I can understand playing a song for forty years, close to mm-hmm. that you don't want to play it the exact same ways <laughs> as it always was. But this didn't. It sounded like a band covering Metallica and not doing it real good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of. I was just it, it was really kind of painful and weird to watch. But um, so that, that was strange. But again, that new song though, um, it makes me curious to hear the rest of the album at least. Um, I can't really say that I've felt that way about Metallica for a long time. Mm. Um, I thought Death Magnetic was going to be cool. I remember, like from before it came out. But anyway, yeah. So new stuff. Probably Devil and Me is another game I won't get around to playing for years. I'm going to guess. But it looks really good. Um, let's see, what else is new? 
I came across, okay, like, you know, when you use a program long enough, mm-hmm. you, you find that there are things in it that just bug you, because you, it either doesn't do what you think it'll do, or what you want it to do, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, in Illustrator, when you're saving out something as a PDF, mm-hmm. it... Um, it defaults, like when you go save as in PDF, it defaults to an Illustrator default, which is something nobody's ever going to use. You know, because it's not print and it's not web. So what the hell, why would you default to this? It's something in between or something, you know? Um, so I, I went looking and I, I, it's annoying because you can't change it. You can't change the default. Like, I, I've got a custom print PDF output option that I use. Um, to output everything when I send off PDFs for print or whatever. And that's the one I normally use because I don't really have a reason to output PDFs in another format. (coughs) So every time I go to save a PDF, unless I'm doing it as a batch job, I have to drop down this menu, go all the way to the bottom where my custom preset is, and then select that and then hit save. And, um... It's just super annoying, and the fact that you can't change the default to be your custom preset or whatever is really annoying, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I went and I was like, surely there's got to be a way to do this, right? And I, I think I've done this before and been disappointed. So I looked it up online, and, and sure enough, man, there's like just a bunch of other people bitching about it, too. And they've been bitching about it for years, and Adobe's like still kept the same behavior. Like, It's really crazy. Anyway, sorry. That, that was uh, my Illustrator rant for the day. I just do uh, export to NFT every single time. Oh, yeah. NFTs are the way to be. Are they still around? Um, uh, They're trying to be. Yeah, I think they are. Yeah, I thought yeah. they took a nosedive and, and faded away again. I saw that Rick Nielsen was releasing an NFT of one of his guitars. I don't know. I, I I I view NFTs with like even more skepticism than I ever did crypto. <laughs> you know. Oh, there's yeah. I uh, <coughs> I don't know. They they just they're they're vaporware. You know, <laughs> like I, I don't know. Whatever. Maybe I'm a grumpy old man and it's just not my thing. You know. Grumpy old man crank. You are a grumpy old man. Hit your old man. <laughs> Hit your old man. Hit your boy. Um, I'm trying to think of what else is new. It's, it's hard to... I actually... The stuff I've been talking about today, I set aside to talk about because I realized I haven't been doing anything but working, so I don't have anything to talk about. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's me everywhere. So you were like me? Kinda, yeah, but we both can't be like you. That's true. Um, there can only be one. <laughs> I said it differently. Yes, well, so that they can't sue me. There you go. Okay. I wonder if his <laughs> is trademarked. Probably not. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm pretty sure there was something else I was going to talk about, but I can't think of what it was. <laughs> I don't know. I take, I, you know, I, I take the occasional like twenty minutes, half hour out to 
go play bass for a while or something, you know. Well, good that you're doing that. I just I, I need I need to because I'm getting back into that thing where it's getting hard to talk out loud again, like where I was a couple months ago. And I I haven't been sleeping right and stuff, so I'm I, if I don't take a break and let my mind rest for a minute, I'm, I'm gonna go crazy. I let my mind rest. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. Anyway. I need to get a something. So okay, here's a, a secret. You can't tell my parents. Okay. Okay. Um, so I had a little bit of extra money this year, so I decided to do something nice for them for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And um, I bought them a, a new TV. Oh. Because there was a sale, and, and you know it was a bigger TV than what they got, and it was 4K, and it does HDR10 and Dolby Vision and. Uh, etc. It's, it's got, you know, it runs off the Google TV system or whatever. So it's got apps so they can get into Prime without having to use the Firebox that they never used that I bought them. Mm. Normally I don't buy my parents tech anymore, because, or at least my dad. Because um, every time I bought him tech, it just goes into a drawer or something somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I learned, I learned, and I don't do that. But this is a TV, so I'm figuring, okay, and, and it's for both of them, you know, they can use it. Um, so I got him a, a 65 inch. Whoa, that's big. That is big. And at first I was a little worried about that because I remember my experience when you bought that giant TV that sat like three feet away from your couch. Yeah. I, yeah. We got a smaller one. Yeah. Uh, I was a little worried about that, but then I figured, well, my, my dad sits across the room from the, the TV, so I, this should be okay still, you know. Um, but I, it showed up and it was funny. It showed up. Like, I bought it from Best Buy? No, not Best Buy. Walmart. Um, it was on sale or whatever. But they didn't give me the option of going to pick it up. It had to be delivered. Uh, yeah. So, and I was a little worried about that because porch pirates are on the rise and stuff, you know. Um, so I just, I kept an eye out for it. And being FedEx, it was... FedEx sucks these days, dude. Mm-hmm. They are terrible. Yeah. Um, they're, they invariably, whenever I get something from FedEx, it never shows up when it's supposed to. Yeah. But okay, anyway, that gripe aside, I kept watch on it until it finally was going to show up. Um, and it was a really windy day, and it, they didn't. It's supposed to be a team lift box because this thing's huge. It's like ridiculously large. You know, I didn't expect it. I had a really bad sense of the size from the dimensions. <laughs> and uh, so I'm watching this guy get this thing out of the truck, and it's just one guy, and he, he's you know humping this whole big thing up, and it's windy, so it's blowing him all around. And he manages to get it you know across the yard and, and up onto my porch, and I'm like, okay, it's cool. And then it starts to fall over. And I'm like, and it, but he catches it, but I'm like, holy shit, you know. So I open up the door and I, I you know I help him. I'm like, I can get it in from here, man. Thanks, you know. Um, so I get it in, and it takes up, like, the entire living room. I could sleep on this thing like a bed. Mm, I mean, the, the TV's smaller than the box, obviously, but, you know, the box, I'm not even sure. I'm not sure how I'm going to get it over to my parents' house. <laughs> like, I'm like, but I could. Just tell them that they can come over and watch it whenever they want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought about, I mean, it, this thing's like, you know, the size of a, I don't know, the size of a living room window or something, you know? Which is kind of cool, because if I lived in a house with no windows, I could just put this thing up and a camera outside, and it'd be like having a living room window. Right? Sure. 
That sounds like a lot of work. Well, yeah. I mean, that's you know, if I lived in a basement or something, I could I could at least. Well, I did live in a basement once. Mm-hmm. See, a, a big TV like this would have been cool. I could have put it on the wall and acted like I lived on the first floor. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, that would be deluding myself, but that's beside the point. So yeah, I'm just I'm really confused about not confused. I, I'm not entirely sure what I'm how I'm getting this over my parents' house because I measured the space in my car, which mm-hmm. I've got an extra boxy, so it's you know I, I can put the seats down and it's got like cargo area in the back. Mm-hmm. But I, I measured it and it's I'm still not entirely sure it's going to work. <laughs> like it's just really funny because I you would think I would have at least a concept of space and size from working in the work I do and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I don't. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, okay. He doesn't, he doesn't think much of me anyway. So, mm-hmm. Whatever. He, he's got a house now. Yeah. yeah. He's got, he's got, he's got uh, quite the attitude since he's become a father and has a house. Yeah. I mean, he thinks he's a real man now. Instead of a real boy? Yeah. <laughs> he got grown up real quick. It's Shinokyo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't, I, I, it's just, it's, it's embarrassing how I, I did not plan for this to be like as big as it was. Yeah. But I think once I do manage to get it over there, they'll, they'll enjoy it as long as it works for a while. I don't normally, do you buy, um, you know, service plans or whatever? No. No. Neither do I, but you know, I did this time. Oh, really? I bought a five-year freaking service plan on it. Wow. How much was that, can I ask? Uh, 55. Oh, I guess that's not that bad. And the way I figured it is, this this particular service plan covers whatever goes wrong with it, you know? And, and as, as far as it reads, I think it doesn't matter what the fault is on it, like, or whose fault it is it's broken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it'll cover it up to, you know the whole the purchase price and replacing it and stuff so I'm like well you know it's a gift it's not like it's going to be in my house or anything and, and it's not like I mean it's a TV it's not like I can really tech service it myself or anything mm-hmm. um, especially not if it's going to be over at somebody else's house so I'm like well I, I think it'll be worth it because if it lasts five years then you know it was cheap enough that it was only like because I mean, even with the service plan, it only came to like four fifty total. Mm-hmm. Which that's a whole other thing. I mean, Jesus Christ, the technology that TV technology is so cheap, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I paid a couple hundred dollars for my nineteen inch tube TV back in whenever the fuck it was nineteen no when did I buy that two thousand no ninety five sorry back in nineteen ninety five I probably paid like two fifty for it you know. Mm-hmm. And that was like a big TV for the time. Mm-hmm. At least a big TV that was still a portable or whatever. Technically portable. Um, you know, for like... I, and I mean, you know, I could have gone up to like 75 inches or something. And it still wouldn't have been too crazy priced. Like, Coward! Huh? You called you a coward for me. Oh, well, I, I still... it's The legs still had to fit on my parents' entertainment center. So I stopped at 65 because that was like as far apart as the legs would still fit on her thing. Because my dad, ref- my dad's got this old-fashioned entertainment center that he bought in like 1980 something, and he paid like a lot of money for it when he bought it. 
because it's like made out of solid wood and stuff. It wasn't just like a prefab shitty thing. Mm-hmm. And he refuses to get rid of it. Yeah, that sounds like a crank. I mean, he just absolutely will not. Uh, we've ta- tried to talk to him about it before. Like, shouldn't we get something and put this TV down lower? And he's like, no, no. I think I paid good money for that. You know, like. It, this sounds exactly like you, crank. Well, we turn into our fathers. Uh, which makes me wonder why you haven't changed your name and te- taken off yet. Don't think I haven't thought about it. But um, I don't. I don't have the. I got too much of my mom in me. Fair enough. I I don't have the uh, the uh, stupidity slash uh, balls that it takes to be just brazenly uh, sheer recklessness. Yeah, just to just fucking steal shit from people. I don't have that in me. Fair My enough. brother does, unfortunately. Well, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's an interesting, like, case study. See how the traits passed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, It's one of my favorite things to do whenever I see friends with kids. <laughs> I'm just like, hmm, this is, this is I'm going to become a scientist right now. Um, but yeah, anyway. So, I don't know. I guess, uh, do we have any emails? Mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'll see what's on the, you know, comic list. Right? Mm-hmm. What is this week? This is Thursday already, isn't it? It is Thursday already. Man, I am... I'm having problems just even recognizing what day of the week it is. Dude, I gotta get on a plane tomorrow. I'm not happy about that. You gotta get what? I gotta get on a plane tomorrow. I'm not oh. happy. About that. Is it this weekend you're going to Philadelphia? Yeah. Wow. 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 I haven't been on a plane since 2006, maybe? Weird. I think. I haven't really, just haven't had any reason to. I think, the, yeah, the last time I was on a plane, I think, was the last time I went to San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, we have two emails. Okay. Did you want to do your thing first? No, I usually read that after the emails. I, while you're reading emails, I scroll through it to see if I can find anything. Oh. Let me pull it back up then. Because that was... Drawing my panel. Drawn. Drawn. Oh, uh, Oni got a new president publisher. I saw that. I saw the news today. Oh, boy. It was, um... He's worked for a bunch of people. It's <laughs> usually how it works. Yeah. Valiant guy. Oh, okay. Uh, and he, he worked for Boom most recently. And he also worked for one of the movie places. As a, uh, head of marketing or something like that. I, I I read the press release, but I I can't. I'm not retaining details at the moment. Okay. So uh, has Josh Emmons started up his own Mastodon server yet? Uh, he talked about it. He did mention it. 
Because if or he, if Discord, he, I can't remember. If he starts a, you know, if he does, I'll, I'll join it. <laughs> well, I mean, if he does, then yeah, we'll put out the invite. Uh, Henrik from Denmark writes, "Hi, Crank Mike, and other people trying to figure out which new social media to flee to when Twitter goes." Hey, winking. I, w- I want to wish my favorite letterer, Crank, a happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you. Uh, some TV talk. Andor. I feel like the whole internet is raving about this show, so let me join in. It's so refreshing to have a Star Wars property that doesn't revolve around Jedi's or the Skywalker family. It's just a TV show that stands on its own. The only real drawback to it is that the main character, Cassian Andor, is by far the weakest recurring character. You know what? Oh, the way you said that, I thought it was going to be about Ewoks. Uh, <laughs> I thought you said Endor. Endor is the Ewoks. Andor is this show. Well, that's confusing. Um, you know, that is not an uncommon thing to happen with a popular show. With a show that's very good, um, things like uh, long-running series that, you know, like uh, like a Buffy or an Angel, those two characters are the least interesting characters on those shows. Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, even like Grey's Anatomy, uh, Grey is the least interesting character on those shows. The thing with Andor, the character, sorry. Uh, the character of Andor is a uh, cipher for inspiration. So his job on there is to make everyone else better around him, essentially, as a character. So, like, he's just a MacGuffin of the show? He's not a Mac- I mean, he, he's, it's about him changing, right? But it's more about he- the people he's changing around him. Okay. So, like, the characters that he, he has to do the work to make uh, Kino, this guy that he meets in prison, be able to be the person that, that he needs to be to get them through that situation... And it's continually stories like that. Like, he comes into a situation, he knows how to do something, but he's good at, like, sharpening their stick, essentially. <laughs> Which I think makes him a very interesting character, and he's doing a lot of very subtle things, I think, acting, actorly. Yeah. But it doesn't make him, like... He doesn't get to do the big speech because he's he's... Not that guy, you know. Right. So is he still the? I, I no, I haven't seen this show, um, so I'm asking questions from a place of ignorance, which is not unusual. Um, so is he still like the central character of the show, or? Yeah, but it's also kind of an ensemble. Okay. Like there's several characters that you're kind of following. I didn't know if it was like super split up, like that. You know, the um, Lord of the Rings prequel or something like. It's more about how he has affected all these other people around him. Gotcha. Um, Interview with Vampire. I vaguely remember the old movie starring Tom Cruise and Bad Pip, but this new AMC show, which Mike didn't know about, I added that because I didn't know there was a a thing. I didn't either. (laughs) 
is pretty darn good, especially considering how overdone vampires are. Um, I tried reading the original book, and that's when I discovered I really did not like Anne Rice's writing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how closely the show hews to the source material or anything, but... Um... That is all for this week, Henry from Denmark. P.S. I noticed that Mike once again traveled abroad and didn't visit Denmark. I think it's pretty clear who his favorite European crankcast listener is. <laughs> That's absolutely true. And and Henrik, I do bring up to my wife all the time that I would love to go to the Scandinavian countries of which you live in one. <laughs> Mike is not an anti-Denite. I am not. I am. I am. I'm guessing at least somewhat descended of those ilk. Danish? Eh, somewhere up there. It's it's Scottish, but I'm. I mean, where did they come from? Yeah. Well, you know. Again, go back far enough. We all come from the same place. Anyway. Right. Um. Let's see. David. David B. writes. Uh, His subject line is Drone Crank is Lit. Oh, I forgot about Drone Crank. Drone Crank. Uh, That last episode was a a real emotional journey. Well worth the wait. (laughs) I hope Crank's mom has recovered and had a mild time of it. Yeah, she did good. She did good. Mama Crank is invincible. Um... I agree we need to get the story of the, their Scotsman at the Civil War reenactment wedding. Oh, I forgot about that, too. I think we have only begun to understand that. Why did you not ask about it? Didn't you say you were going to ask about it? No, you said I was going to ask about it. Oh. And you just decided to ignore me. I, I just said, does it really matter? Mm, and I think we all know the answer to that. Eh. All right. Um... Sorry to disappoint you, David. Uh, also, Crank's parents sound like they marry the shit out of each other, and it's adorable. <laughs> uh, yep, yep. Those fools can't stop getting married. Well, it's not like it's all sweetness and light. I mean, there was, yeah, I mean, there was reasons. They got, they got some things. They got some things uh, corrected. Uh, yeah. But, they had to do a do-over. But, uh, you know, I mean, whatever, it works for him. So. <laughs> Don't judge. Well, he Nobody's wouldn't. judging. I think he thinks it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't judging. He said it was adorable. I don't I don't judge. I'm just judge saying. I'm just saying. You know, whatever. <laughs> we, uh, we're, we're an odd branch of an odd family. <laughs> you are an odd family. But that's good. Um... So I don't know if anybody's got any things in store. Oh, was that the end? Sorry. That was the end. Thank you for writing. We appreciate it. Um, I concur. And I don't know if anybody's got anything in stores or not. I scanned through the list. I didn't see anything I worked on. I didn't see anything that looked terribly familiar. Although I will point out that issue number 22... 
been, I mean, Addison hasn't come in in a while, so I don't know. He's probably had several books out. But. Oh, yeah, probably. Um, I will point out that issue, I think it's issue 22 of Philadelphia is out in the same week that Mike is going to Philadelphia. You don't work on that, do you? No, no, I just thought it was funny because it's this week, it's in stores and you're going to Philadelphia. Kill, 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 Adelphia. Kill, 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 Adelphia. Oh, it's issue 25. I'm sorry. I, just, I don't want to, you know. I didn't want to, like, confuse anybody. But, um, so yeah, other, and other than that, I really didn't see anything familiar-ish or anything. I need to start reading some more current comics. You know, I think that all the time. And then I sit down to read them and I fall asleep. That's my problem with reading. I fall asleep when I read now. Oh, it used to just be math. Math doesn't put me to sleep. Oh, that was me. Oh, (laughs) I was going to say. Math puts puts Sean McKeever to sleep. That's how he goes to sleep. He has like a a math book that he does problems when he goes to bed. Yeah, one look at that and I'm out quicker than a narcoleptic goat. Say what? Just as cute. Eh, well, eh, I won't argue with that. <laughs> um, yeah, because I'm just seeing the ton of stuff. Like, I, I don't. <laughs> for instance, this is a, a Jason Alexander book, mm-hmm. Philadelphia. It's on issue 25. I've never read an issue of it, you know. And, and I'm like, well, why haven't I? I like his art. And there's um, like an issue number one of a book that I like the title of. It's just called Plush. Hmm. Out for image this week, and it's uh, it's got names I recognize, like Duke Shire's lettering and Rico Renzi. I guess is coloring. The Duke Shire, but those are names I recognize, you know. And the cover's cute; it's pretty cool looking. And it's about serial killing cannibalistic furries. Oh, so yeah, I like one of those things. You can guess which one it is. It's from the uh, the creators of plastic and vinyl. What? Like the actual material? <laughs> yes, the polymers. Because that's a big deal. No, no I, I, I believe they're talking about the books, plastic oh, and vinyl. Plastic and vinyl? I've never heard of those books. Doug Wagner and Daniel Hilliard. Doug Wagner? That sounds familiar. But anyway... that I should be reading more current comics than I do, which is none, so I should be reading any current comics. You should be uh, reading the amount of comics that you want to be reading. Exactly, and not more or less. I want to read them all. You want to read them all? I want to read them all. (laughs) Why are you talking like that? I'm talking like... Uh, I like it. I'm I'm talking like like a weirdo. That's what you're talking like. Actually, I'm I'm kind of talking like oh, what's his name? Um, you know, that British actor I like a lot. He was in a lot of horror movies. Uh, Why am I? I'm blanking on man. I am having real cognitive problems lately. Hmm. Jeez, dude. Can I help you with that? I don't know. It's it's just Can I weird. beat it out of you? I would hope not, no. Mm. Um 
I would like to. You know, the, the guy... Oh. Your boy? He was like a child actor, and then he, he became a, you know, like an adult actor. He always played a lot of weird roles. It was, uh... It was? Oh, Roddy McDowell. Was? Roddy McDowell. That's who it was. Oh, Roddy McDowell. That's who I was yeah, talking that about. That didn't sound anything like Roddy McDowell. Oh, it sounded like him in a, a lot of his older stuff. I mean, where he'd go off into this weird, spacey voice. And then, like Shockma? And then he'd bur- murder somebody. Did you notice the Shockma reference I put in our book? Uh, no. Mm, of course you didn't, because you don't pay attention. Well, I'm, I'm a little stressed out, man. No, you can't say you're stressed out. I'm allowed. I'm stressed out. We're both allowed to be stressed out, man. Mm. Really. You're stressing me out, actually. I think you're handling it a lot better than I am, though. Yeah, I'm, you're stressing me out. I'm, I'm telling it's you, though. It's all a dream. It's all a dream. And I think I want to read them all. Well, I, I, okay. I'm, see, I'm, I'm seeing it. I'm sensing it, but it doesn't, still doesn't sound like that in bed. Yeah, well, you know, whatever. What am I going to do? Anyway, I guess that's it for this week. So uh, you can reach us at crankcast.com, crankcast.gmail.com. Mike's website's ihatemike.com. Mike's going to be in Philadelphia this week. We're going to do like a most dangerous game thing. Track him down and see if you can kill him. No! <laughs> what the fuck, dude? <laughs> Did I say that out loud? No, don't try and track me down. Sorry about that. <laughs> I mean, don't think most dangerous game, Mike. Don't do most dangerous. That'll that'll be a very big mistake for you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so. Acting like I haven't done that before. Well, you know, you're still here, so. <laughs> Like, the Appalachians aren't littered with bodies from people that have tried to hunt me down. Today was a good day. <laughs> but, um, anyway. So, uh, yeah. Wish Mike a happy flight. You know. Hope nobody's on there with box cutters or something. What? Box cutter style. Yeah. Because, you know, people are crazy. Seriously. This world's full of nut jobs, dude. Man, it's scary. You are really dark today. Not until I, w- I waited to the end. <sighs> I waited to the end, Mike. Yeah, it's, it's getting worse. It's not it's, it's <laughs> sounding less and less like him. All right. Oh, you were doing that again? Yeah. I didn't, I, I, yeah, I totally didn't get it. So. Uh, like I said, I don't know. Anyway. All right, then. Uh, hope you all have a good weekend, and we'll try to catch you next week. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Stop it. Bye. No.